Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, our guest is Clayton from Twisted Arrow Goods, our first in a series of small business interviews during the holiday rush. Speaking of small businesses, Austin is in high pin gear. Christy is the hostess with the mostest, having her first shop visitors, and I'm in full gift-making gear. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, guys. hey yo. What's up, Christy? <laughs> so, Austin, what have you been up to? Pins. <laughs> that's, that's all I do. I like for, that. Yeah, yeah, for the rest of this month, I will not be doing anything except for pins. That's a good problem to have, though. Yeah. Yeah. We've all. had to listen to you bitch for 10 months about how nobody's been buying pins. I tell you, I need to, I need a one month recovery plan here. <laughs> that's what you your think- January is. Suck it up, man. Did you watch The Office? Nope. Yeah. See, anybody who knows about the slow death of Dunder Mifflin paper would know that pins ain't the long game, man. Well, you know, it's uh it seems it seems to be doing okay right now. <laughs> we'll see. But his yeah, your your pins are not like just consumption pins. Your pins are specific pins. It's not yeah. like you're trying to supply an office full of them. True. And I'm trying to do some new stuff that is going to be like in like super insane pens. They're going to be like a grand. Um, they're just going to be like really, really nice, cool material. Um, so do I get be, an assistant cool, to sit next to me and actually do the writing for me then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. I'd hate to leave that at a restaurant or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be brutal. But if I you got a thousand dollars drop on a pen, it's probably not. Oh, you know. there's that's a thing. Trust me. And oh, yeah. in the house, That's- they need a thousand dollar pin from High Caliber Customs to you know commemorate that that deal. Yeah. What um? So we're talking after Black Friday, Cyber Monday. How did those days treat you? Um, I mean, I got I made money <laughs> during that time. I didn't <laughs> I didn't spend any money. Actually, that's not true. I did. I bought a the watch band. The uh, iPhone, oh, yeah. or the Apple, Apple watch. watch. Yeah, that I can't get to work. Well, that's what I mean for your business. Like, did you get a lot of uh? orders from yeah. those days i know yeah. you send out emails to your mailing list on those days so it was interesting to see an email from you um i, I know you don't send a lot spam. So. i think yeah, still going it probably to goes spam. to promote promotions if you're on google i guess yeah, it promotions um yeah i i had a pretty good response i'm gonna from from now on till christmas i'll probably be sending out one one newsletter a week with just like some some pins i made because i'm trying to like knock out some higher end ones I, I have everything else. Link. Like if I can send 10 people your way, I want a free pin. If you do that, I'll make it happen. Oh, <laughs> I've already sent all the people I know that write with ink and paper. I'll have to I find some more old people paper. to send your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What have you been up to? Um, I worked on, uh, God, I hate this DeWalt 735 planer. I, why don't you just get rid of it? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's the planer's fault or my fault, but, you know, again, here's another project that I'm planing down like rough lumber. You know, I'm, this is 50 passes through because I'm trying to mill 12 inch wide, six foot long boards down to consistent dimensions. And I'm 85% through in the damn belt on the extractor breaks. And I, I'm just like, how many times is this going to happen to me? that this stupid extractor belt breaks. At least now I've gotten good at changing them out. The first one took me almost a day to replace. This last one took four minutes um, because I've gotten better at replacing that belt. But uh, in a positive note, another thing I made, I'm kind of excited about uh, when we did our Zoom call on Saturday, I started a fire with all my Black Friday boxes (laughs) and uh, some scrap wood. I'd clean my shop up. So these were like plywood cutoffs and stuff. And uh, I, I always have trouble starting the fire. And I know you say use a torch. But I normally use like brown paper or something, but I took the shavings from that planing job, put them in solo cups about a third of the way up. And then I melted some wax in my double boiler, poured wax in them. So they'll be like my own little fire starters. Yeah, They're like probably going to be a little wax heavy, but um, it's in a fire pit. It's no big deal. So I haven't used one yet because we've gotten rain, but I'm thinking this Friday, I'll probably do another fire and check those out. So I'm kind of excited to see how they turn out. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, I'm a torch, torch man, because yeah. I suck Look, at lighting fires. I'll tell you what, you're a torch guy. I always had the, what's the blue bottle? Butane? The propane. Mm-hmm. Propane. And what's the yellow bottle? Map. Map. Okay. Oh, yeah. I only had a propane setup forever. I had two bottles with two nozzles, but that's all I had. And I went and got a map torch because I made a book, uh, 
a bookmark at high caliber camp for my wife and I wanted to brass the uh it, it's like flat and then there's a curl on the end. I wanted to brass the curl and I went to use a propane torch. It was like, you know what? I'm going to get a map gas torch. I yeah. probably didn't need map to brass it, but I wanted one. And they had, they call it the maker kit. It was a little more expensive. Oh yeah. It's I got saw a that stand with a, um, that it's, so the gun is on a hose. So you leave the bottle. You've just got this little handheld torch on a hose. And then when you're done, you can put it, it's got like a little metal thing that you can set it in. It's got a finger adjustment for the you know intensity. And so I, I use that, um, to brass that, bookmark it worked awesome i really like it so yeah. i'm is glad the, i it bumped up to that is that the kind of torch thing that uh andrea de leon was talking about when she was on a few weeks ago oh she's probably got some legit industrial yeah she's well, probably she's using got a, full on no but she's got like a traveling kit also maybe i will say i didn't think that, like so that. i i also worked on morley's branding iron this weekend and i used all the heating devices i have um, so I used the propane torch and the map torch. The propane flame I thought was much bigger than the map flame, but the map flame was much more focused. Hot. So yeah, yeah, it's way hotter too. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good little rig. I'm glad I, I spent the money on it. Did you get a Home Depot? Yeah, yeah. I was I saw it. I saw I saw a video somebody made on it. And I was like, that's a legit like thing to have around. But I haven't seen yeah, it in person yet. Maybe I'll do a story on it or something this weekend. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which you been up to, Christi? Everybody has been coming to visit me, and I've been a happy camper with. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I had our we had our first uh, shop visitor when uh, Marion Ward, Creative Ward Gallery, came visited a week ago Sunday. Uh, she was traveling through, and then on, on Monday, Brett Skelton Spade thirteen. He was also traveling through, so Monday afternoon and evening stayed for dinner and playing cards. We had a good old time. Um, my girls were home, so they got to meet. You know, the makers coming on through. So that was that was a lot of fun. And then we had um, I had my girls home all week and we just did a little bit of everything. And all the boys were over Saturday or Thursday for Thanksgiving. So a lot of uh, a lot of family time and a lot of uh, a lot of food. Yeah. So, your reels on making the you know extra ornaments. Yeah. With your girls. Those were good reels. I, I thought I thought you did really well on those. Thanks. I've been trying to kind of pay attention to, you know, trying to put a little more consorted effort into, you know, posting on also Facebook and also on TikTok. So, I mean, I'm no, you know, uh, working, working on your dance moves on TikTok. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'll never be me that I am. No, I'm not shaking nothing. I, I shake without needing to, you know, without intent, <laughs> intending. To There's enough of that going on. So uh, I, there will be no dance moves now. My uh, tax tip Tuesday on TikTok fell flat, so I don't think I'll be posting those on there anymore. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I, you know, had to try. I did get, I think I did do the burn from High Caliber Camp because everybody was talking about it in the Discord because I hadn't put that on TikTok. And then um, I did post that yesterday and I'm like, oh, I got more than I've had on anything else. So I'm like, eh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Right. Tonight, our guest is Clay from Twisted Arrow. How are you doing, Clay? Good. How are you? Good, man. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and the company? Yeah. So my name's Clay. Uh, I started Twisted Arrow Goods uh, officially in 2016. We started as a home goods company, just making furniture and home goods. And as the years progressed, we pivoted to um, things that we liked making and things that we knew would make money. Um, so more like the apothecary leather goods side. Um basically on the leather goods side, focusing on things that you carry with you. Um, and we've just been moving from online to now having a retail store. And so Clay has his shop here in my neighborhood in Houston, Texas. Kind of my first question, Clay, what does the holiday season mean for Twisted Arrow? Well, every year we always try to get prepared for the holiday season earlier and earlier and earlier and yeah. earlier. But as you know, reality sets in yeah. and you know, you think you're starting to work on Christmas stuff in August and you really don't actually start working on Christmas stuff until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much time you give yourself to prepare. It always ends up the same every year. Yeah. And today is the day after Thanksgiving and I walked in and Clay was on a sewing machine and I had to like beat him off the sewing machine <laughs> That's right. to do this. Uh, <laughs> I told him we could just record over it, but I didn't know if y'all would like hearing the, the hum yeah, in the, the background. The, the clicking of the uh, sewing machine and the... Uh, the cursing of me every time I mess up. 
So <laughs> you talked about preparing for the holiday season. What does that mean? How does your business prepare for this season? Well, uh, we we're we're kind of an interesting company because not only do we manufacture like ninety eight percent of the things we sell, um, we also have a couple different avenues of how we make our money. Um, the retail store is one, but we also do wholesale and private label, and we also do custom stuff. So, uh, whenever I tell people that we're preparing for the holidays, basically what that means is we're going to kill off two of the three sources of revenue so we can focus on one. Uh, in this case, this year, we're focusing on the retail side. Oh, wow. So uh, basically what we're doing is we're trying to manufacture as many products as we can, tried and true products, to get up into our retail space and to get up online to focus basically on like direct, like the end result um, uh, customer. That's sure. who we're, we're focusing on this time. Uh, pre in previous years, pr preparing for the holidays was different. It was trying to get our uh, custom list, you know, people who are wanting custom orders, reaching out to them and getting them, getting the information in so we can start working on their products. Uh, we're not really doing that this year. Um, time value of money. Sure. So uh, just focusing on the products that we sell, we can manufacture them pretty quickly. And, you know, if my math is correct, we should be able to make a little bit more money this holiday season. You talked about time value. You talked about products. I was curious, does your product mix change? this time of year towards things that are more gifty? Um, kind of, uh, it, it depends. Um, so this is basically the first year um, running a retail store. We've actually had like the full year to assess what's happened. Um, in previous, we've only had the retail space for three years now. So the first two were doing during COVID. Sure. And really the first year, that we had the retail store, we only had about three or four months of retail space. That when I mean, when we first moved into the space, we manufactured goods in the space. So um, this is kind of like the first full year we've been able to assess what it looks like. Uh, you know, how much does it cost to run, and is it is it something that we should focus on trying to do next year as well? You know, try to keep the retail store going. Um, so this is like. So, so with that being said. Yeah, we, we do make a little bit more gifty stuff during the holidays, but it's actually more like holiday gifty stuff. So, for instance, like or ornaments. Sure. We'll do leather ornaments. Uh, we don't make ornaments all year round. No? You don't make <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Mardi Gras ornaments, yeah, I mean, Easter know, ornaments? It's, okay. it's not really our thing. And then on top of that, like stockings. We do leather stockings. Oh, cool. They're really, really cool. Uh, Two-tone. We emboss them, put people's name on it, stuff like that. So, uh, a little bit more gifty, um, but... At the end of the day, a lot of the times, those types of products, once people like buy that, they'll come back early next year and they'll buy, you know, a product that we, you know, we manufacture all year round. What are other changes you make to the storefront for the holiday season? Oh, my gosh. So this is the first year that we kind of outsourced um, our holiday decor. I saw the mailbox out front. Is that yeah, letters for yeah, Santa? Or? Yeah. So um, one of the guys that uh, we just picked up here pretty uh, pretty recently to work for us, um, his mom owns a company that does Christmas and Halloween decor. Okay. And um, which is amazing. She's awesome. Been great, like getting to know her. Um, but she let us borrow a whole bunch of stuff that she had laying around, and. Uh, I mean, the shop's pretty festive right now. So that's what we do is we bring in some holiday decor and make you, it feel like Christmas. You think that feeling really maybe puts people in the spirit to spend some more money? Yeah. Um, a lot of people, a, a lot of my other friends who are retail, like own retail stores, they claim that it's the music. So they'll start playing Christmas music like today. Yeah. You know, Thanksgiving's over. It's time to start playing Christmas Fortune. music. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I view it. So, um, since I'm kind of non-traditional in a retail sense, like you get to listen to cowboy music until probably December 15th. Or maybe like the last like two weeks or yeah. leading up to Christmas is when we'll actually start playing Christmas music. So I think everybody has enough of Christmas music everywhere yeah. else. I yeah. like what else. I like how you're doing. <laughs> is there any other things? I mean, you have a, uh, you know, holiday cocktails or. Um, so we, um, during this time, uh, we're, we're really, we're really big on, um, I mean, we like being outside. So, you know, you may, may have noticed like the fire pit outside. Yeah. Uh, we, we do a lot of just like a lot of friends of the shop and people in the neighborhood will swing by. And sometimes it's plans. Most of the time it's unplanned. 
people just start showing up to hang out. We'll start a fire and have some drinks and just have a good time. I know. I wish it wasn't raining. I, I don't know if y'all can hear the rain on the, the metal roof, but I was hoping there'd be a fire tonight. Yeah. I told my wife, don't worry about dinner. I'm, I don't know how long I'll be gone. Right. <laughs> yeah, if there was not rain, we would definitely be having a fire right now. I know a lot of small businesses up their marketing this time of year. Maybe it's buying ads or, or doing other things like that. Do you have any marketing tricks that you do this time of year? Um, so, yeah, during this time of the year is basically the only time that we run ads and they're not like other companies, I would say, that are equivalent. Um, we, we rarely spend any money on marketing. Um, we, we truly believe that like the best customers that we get and have are the ones that hear about us through somebody else. So a lot of our business is word of mouth. Um, but, you know, with, with like the gifty gifts and the stuff that we make that people are going to come in and buy for Christmas gifts. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll run an ad or, um, a lot of the times what we'll do is uh, we'll do, you know, Instagram reels. I'll show people how we make it. Sure. I'll just record myself making it. And a lot of the times um, it's kind of basically two reasons for that. Uh, one is because as a, you know, a small business owner, you have to become a content creator on social media. Now that's just kind of a requirement. Uh, if you don't, you lose your following sure. and people don't get to hear any of the cool stuff you're doing. So that's one reason. The other reason, too, is just to kind of show people how much work goes into the products. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you may have noticed, I don't know if I told you previously, but like we don't run discounts. We don't run promos. We don't yeah, run anything like noticed. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's uh, it's um, the reason why we do that is because like we because we don't really make a lot of gifty stuff for the holidays. We make the same thing all year round. Our margins don't change. Right. And the price of material doesn't change. We're not seasonal. So it, it kind of just doesn't make sense for us to discount stuff to get rid of inventory when that inventory we can just use next year if we need to, because sure. our products are lifetime guaranteed products. So why sell it at a discount for a season when we know we can make the full price available, you know, next year. So, and on top of that, we're, we're, we're really big on the fairness. So uh, a lot of people have this like, idea that a small business owner is going to cut you a deal. Right. Right. Oh, I'm going to go see so-and-so because so he can cut me a deal. Yeah. And uh, I think, I mean, it's, it's a cultural thing, right? Like we, when you walk into Walmart, you don't go up to anybody and ask them, oh, well, can I get a discount on this product? Yeah. Right. But it's very typical for somebody to come into a small business and be like, well, I want a discount on this product. Well, we don't do discounts. It's to keep things fair. It's to make sure that Joe Schmo who came in and got a wallet, uh, doesn't go tell his friends, oh, I bought it for $25 instead of $50 or whatever, right? And then we got all these people coming in that think that they're going to get a wallet for $25. You just keep it fair. And, and and with that being said, our prices are really, really fair. I mean, I get more people telling me that we're underpriced than overpriced. Yeah. So because of that, like, it's really hard for me to, you know, just to decide, okay, let's do 20% off. And on top of all of that, um, I always kind of tell people like we don't we, we don't want to be a J Crew brand. No offense to J Crew, but um, like I've never bought a piece of clothing from any retail store at full price. That was ever. full price. Yeah, I've no never mind. done it, and uh, I'll, I'll wait until it goes on sale because I know that they're going to run a promo. Well, if we never run promos. You can buy a product anytime you want. Yeah. You're not having to wait. It's so crazy. It never fails every year. I buy something on Monday or Tuesday and then Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I should have waited a few yeah. days. And then you, and then, but like from this, from a business, uh, the perspective of a small business owner, right? Okay. I sold a guy a wallet on Monday and then Black Friday comes and I put a discount. Well, that guy's going to call me. He's going to say, well, I bought this wallet five days ago at full price. Can you honor, you know, your Black Friday discount or whatever? And no, dude, you didn't, you didn't wait. And I just feel like that's super unfair. The other, the opposite side of that. So my wife bought a Hannah wristlet on Tuesday uh -huh. and it, right. If she knew that it was on sale on Friday, it would have upset her. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's not even in the, the cards because the price didn't yeah, change. Yeah, exactly. So as long as we keep our prices the same and on top of all of that too, you know, inflation's a real thing. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't believe it, but inflation's a real thing. And, um, you know, even through the, the, the early stages of inflation, we didn't raise our prices. We just took the hit on our books. And it wasn't until about, I don't know, March or April of this year when we were like, okay, 
we're going to let everyone know who's a customer of ours that we have to raise our prices. And it is strictly to overcome the cost of material. We're not tacking on any extra money for labor because our labor has not changed. Right. So, yeah, you may have come in um, and bought a, uh, a Quentin wallet for $85. And then a couple months later, you see it's $90. Well, it's $90 now. It's not going to change unless the price of leather goes up again. And then we'll, we'll have to reassess and see. But we're not going to, uh, we don't let, we don't let like weird outside things kind of influence the price as long as we understand what our margins are and stuff like that. We, we can play around with it. You talked about uh, your labor. What do you do about staffing this time of year? Do you bring in a few more people? Um, so if you don't want to count January, I kind of count January uh, as part of like this new weird year that we've had. Um, I really didn't start hiring people until this February. So um, the cool thing is, is that a lot of the people that we've hired are they're 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 quick learners. They're smart. They're problem solvers. Um, they're not going to listen to this. You can be honest. I mean, they're, they're terrible. I hate them. Um, they, uh, they're, they're, they've been doing a really good job. So I don't think that I need to hire anyone else to come in, but what I have kind of expressed to them is that all of, all of us maybe become salesmen here pretty soon, just because, um, although we're really small, it can get pretty hectic up at the retail store. So, um, we want to make sure that all of our customers are taken care of in a timely manner up there and that they have our, you know, they have our full attention when they're up there. Um, it's kind of hard to do when you've got, you know, six different groups of people shopping and only one person running the store. Uh, during the year, it's totally fine. One or two people up at the store. Uh, but during the end of uh, November and December, we'll have about two or three people up at the store kind of taking sales and stuff. How do you handle that? the sales part of it because you've got in the store, but you also have e-commerce. Right. And I assume you have some people calling in or instant messaging on the social media accounts. Yeah. So social media is definitely a platform where, where we do engage in, um, you know, preemptive sales. Um, we do have people that'll message and say, Hey, I want this thing. Where can I get it? Um, if I'm being honest, I would love to tell people to learn how to Google. Um, most of the questions that people ask me, are easily Googleable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> um, but at the same time, yeah, uh, everything that you want to know about our company is on our website. Sure. So, um, and with that being said, um, we have to make sure that the website is updated all the time. And I can tell you what, the hardest thing about maintaining a retail store in e-commerce space is inventory. So um, some companies I know they have separate inventory. They have like their, their e-commerce inventory and they have like their, their uh, market inventory, you know, if they're going on markets and then they have their retail inventory and stuff like that. Well, we make everything that we sell. So it is really, really, really hard for us to maintain inventory for all three channels. Therefore, we use one inventory for all of it. So if it's not accurate, we can really be shooting ourselves in the foot depending upon what sales channel we're trying to like push. So uh, we have to be really, really accurate with that and make sure that we have enough product to satisfy, you know, the demand of the, of the season. You're lucky most of the products since you are so in-house, if you oversell, if you have the materials. Right. So um, a lot of the times, uh, I mean, you can look like we're in the leather shop, so you can see we've got, we don't have a lot of leather um, sitting on the shelf right now, but by the end of December, all of this will be used. So even our scrap bins, I think we have about 10 scrap bins, which is just ridiculous. Um, all of that. We'll go through all of it and try to make product out of it. Uh, I, people hear the word scrap bin and they're like, oh, well, you're using scraps to make product. So you could probably sell it for cheaper because it's you know comes out of your scrap bin. Well, go look at our scrap bin. <laughs> We've got some really good pieces in there, some pretty big pieces and stuff like that. Our scrap bin sometimes has better leather in, than it in it than it does like the rolls on the shelf just because we use something for like a very special product and then we'll dig out that hide you know we'll dig out some scraps and oh my gosh okay i forgot we have this shell cord of on horween piece like let's make a wallet out of it or, or whatnot and then um uh which 
is great because now we have a product that we sell only in stores. And then you have your, oh, so right, those won't be online. Do you never put them on social media like, hey, we've got a one of one? So sometimes we will. Um, um, a lot of the times, uh, like I said, like I believe in fairness. Instagram is not fair. Um, Instagram, unless you're engaging with us all the time, it's very unlikely that you'll be able to see immediately when something gets posted. So we might have someone who really, really wanted a shell wallet um, and they didn't see that we posted it. So I, I feel that's unfair. Um, so what we'll do is, is we will, we will post about it, but we'll say first come first serve. We've got to come to the shop and pick it up. And I mean, you've been in the storefront. There's yeah. a lot of really cool stuff. That's not on the website. That's at the front. Um, all of that stuff is reserved for people who come and visit us. We want to know our customer. We want our customer to know us. It's really, really, really important for us. This is a really interesting you know, avenue. I, I never considered, you know, you have a certain set of products. You have certain wallets you make, certain wristlets you make, certain bags you make, yep. um, candles. You, you have these things and these are what you make. Coasters, right. uh, keychains. But I never considered the one-offs that you would have material that comes in every now and then. Yeah. Like a crock belly or some. Yeah. So we, we work with a couple. Uh, I mean, we work with quite a few different um, businesses here in Houston, and of, of which are boot makers. Um, boot makers use all kinds of different skins for boots. And is that like Parker boots or? Uh, Parker boots is one. Um, Tejas boots was one. Um we, but you know, they'll, they'll get it. They'll get an order in for a pair of boots or something like that. And somebody will want a wallet made or want a belt made. And those guys are slammed. Yeah, they, don't have, boots. they don't have time. So they'll, they'll hire other people to, uh, to get stuff made. And every once in a while, we're blessed with the ability to get, you know, the opportunity to make one for them. And with that, they'll send us some pieces and anything that's left over. A lot of the times I'll say, Hey, we got this left over and they're really cool. And they'll say, keep it, use it, whatever you want to do. And um, that's what we'll do. We'll keep those pieces of exotic hides and we'll make something really cool. So if our listeners were trying to buy gifts for people that were one of ones that were special that you aren't going to see more of in a bar, would you say small business is probably the place you find stuff like that? Oh, for sure. Not um, Amazon. No, definitely not. I mean, I know Amazon has like the Amazon handmade um, and Etsy is also a really big platform online for people to try to find, you know, quote unquote, like custom made or handmade goods. Let me tell you now, a lot of those channels are not handmade custom goods made in America. Drop ship from overseas. They're drop ship from overseas. Um, I get questions all the time like, well, why aren't you on Etsy? I can't compete with somebody who can drop ship. Yeah. So you'll have people with a ton of money buy a ton of stuff from, I don't know, Morocco. They'll ship it in. They'll throw a handmade tag on it and they'll put it on Etsy and they'll sell it for either way under market value or way over market value. It doesn't matter which. Either one is going to destroy a business like mine if I try to compete. I just can't. Um, if the price is too low, people are going to think that we're overcharging. And if the price is too high, people are going to think that our, our, our quality is not there because um, human psychology, we automatically associate quality with price. Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, like I love that my brand is on my stuff, um, but I'm actually more concerned about like feeding myself and feeding the people I employ than making sure that my brand is on a product. I'd rather sell a product that I know is going to last a long time, that's high quality, that people are going to love and they're going to tell somebody else about than making sure that like my brand is on it. You know I, what I mean? I tell people that all the time that they undervalue their, their work and then they're also making it perceived that it's less quality than what it actually right, is. Right, exactly. And I mean, this was, this was a really hard concept for me to overcome when we first started out, because my whole idea was to start a hand, hand, you know, hand manufactured company where the, the products were affordable. And I don't think that our products are not affordable, but, you know, I do think that, you know, it, you might have to save a little bit more, you know, to, to buy one of our products. And that's not a bad thing. Um, it took me a while to realize that. Um, I think that may have been because of like how I grew up or, you know, different circumstances and different cultures that like, you know, I've been a part of. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we, it, I've kind of realized, Hey, like we make really cool stuff and we spend a lot of time developing and making the product. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that my price reflects the amount of effort and the amount of 
passion that I pour into these products. And I want my customer to understand that too. I'm not just making products to try to make money. I'm making products because I like making them. I'm always curious, holiday season, increased sales, increased online presence. What's your shipping department look like? Oh, gosh. Um, um, so I posted a, uh, an Instagram post the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but it's me sitting at the sewing machine and the audio in the background says um, something like, if, if, if you don't know how to ship a box, pack a box, or know how to go get caffeine or something like that, like you're not going to see me for the next two months. <laughs> and that is 100% true. Um, I, have, we, we, I have a lot of friends who come up to the shop just to hang out. And during holiday season... If they're sitting in my shop, I'm most likely going to ask them to do something for me. So one of the big things is, is packing, packing stuff. Um, last year, we had a pretty good uh, turnout on the online side of our business. So we did ship a lot. If, uh, if history repeats itself, then yeah, we're going to be shipping a lot more stuff too. And I don't know if you see all the boxes that just, <laughs> just arrived. Um, we're, yeah, this is the time where we start gearing up for, for shipping things. Clay, one of the parts of the podcast we do, it's called this or that, where we give the guests some options and see what they believe. Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to do a little different with you. I'm going to get your opinion on some things. Okay. First one, in your opinion, is e-commerce good or bad for small businesses? Oh gosh. Um, that's a really hard question because I think it really depends on your business. Um, I know that it's easier for me to sell a leather product online than it is for me to sell an apothecary good. Think about it. Like, so on our apothecary side, we, we sell candles and candles are one of the biggest items that we sell during the holiday, especially our holiday scented candle, which we call a Texas Christmas. Yeah, my wife loves it. It's, I mean, it's so good and it's a secret recipe. There's only two people who know what's in it and I want to keep it that way for as long as I can. Not because I want to be secretive, just but because like it has this sort of we've been doing this illegal for about, substance. Yeah. I guess no we, worries. We we've been we've been keeping it a secret for about four years now. So I just kind of want to keep it that keep way. It it's, it's just makes it a little bit hey, more this isn't interesting, the right? Podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we move a lot of candles, but it's really really hard for a first time buyer to buy a candle online because you can't, you can't smell, smell it. it. Yeah. Now we do have like the top note, middle note, and base notes listed. We kind of give you like a synopsis. Sometimes it's funny. I think I'm funny. Um, we'll we'll put a little synopsis in there on what we think it smells like and how it relates to you know our lives. Maybe you can relate to what how it relates to our lives. And, um, you know, we can make a sale that way. But a lot of our e-commerce and the apothecary side are repeat business. So uh, people that know, oh, yeah, okay, it's December 1st. The Christmas candle is now released. I'll go online. Oh, sure enough, there it is. I'll go ahead and buy some. And that's also a limited release. So this year, I think we're, we, we've already poured, I don't know, maybe about 200. And we'll probably pour maybe 200 more. And that's it. So if you're listening to this podcast... And it's still December. <laughs> Go ahead and order one because, you know, they're, they're gone quick. And, uh, you know, at, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting over the years, we'll have people come in, they'll buy one candle. And now, uh, especially with like our limited release holiday scents, um, people buy like three or four, not two. Like they jump from one to three or four. I bought three and then I came in to buy a few more bourbon candles and they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I don't think we even make those anymore. That's what you told me. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, uh, We're going to talk after this. <laughs> well, I told you the story, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, for, for, you know, for those who are interested, quick, really quick. Um, we, we, we made a candle. It's our first candle. We called it Texas bourbon and it was fantastic. So much so that we actually had a customer tell us that it smelled like bourbon so much and looked like bourbon so much when it kind of got close to the end that uh, they almost drank it. So <laughs> our insurance, uh, our insurance agent kind of advised that we probably not make it anymore or figure out a way to make people aware of, you know, how much it actually smells like whiskey. So um, because of that, we kind of took it off um, the menu. But the way around that is to come to one of our candle workshops. Yeah. That was something I wanted to ask you. And just real quick, 
are you still going to do those workshops during holiday season? Yeah, we do. We've got we've got two private classes already scheduled. Um, because of that, it's going to be harder for us to kind of put together a public one. But what we do a lot of the times is I'll put a post on Instagram. Instagram is like our, our social media platform. That's where we push everything except uh, people who are actually interested in seeing all the things we make. If you're interested in seeing things we make, we're on a platform called Vero. Um, that is where I post all the wacky stuff and all the really, really cool stuff. Um, some of the one-off stuff that you can't see unless you're in the store, those get posted to Vero. I've never heard of Vero. Oh, you know, people ask me, have you ever made golf club covers? I don't see them on your website. Go to Vero. You can see all the cool golf club covers that we've made in the past and things like that. And that'll get the, get the, uh, the, the fluids flowing in the brain. So whenever we, you know, come back in January, January is when we open up our custom order season. So uh, we encourage all of our customers who come in that are looking for custom items to join our mailing list online. Um, our mailing list, the only thing we use it for is to email people on January 1st, letting them know that custom season is open. And then we'll take orders from January to March. And that is it. Uh, we won't take any more custom orders after March. So um, it's a great, I, I like that model because a lot of retail stores kind of suffer January, February, March, because everyone's already bought everything right. that they wanted in December. Um, since we don't take custom orders during December, it's a great way for people to maybe buy like a candle or something, support a small business, get a gift, whatever, um, during the holidays. But then they can come in and actually get what they what they truly want in January. And in fact, we're still working on orders that were placed in January of this year, like to fulfill before Christmas. Oh, wow. I don't know if I'd advertise that. Yeah. Well, it's because we, we get so many. <laughs> which is a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Um, I mean, I'm blessed. Knock on wood. I hope it never, you know, does anything bad to us. Um, I hate the idea of waiting like more than three months out to get something made. Um, but at the same time, some of the stuff that were ordered in January are very, very complicated. So the complicated stuff or the things that like, I've never made, or it was like a really new, interesting idea of how to use leather for something that you wouldn't traditionally use leather for or what, whatever. Those are the ones that we kind of like, it takes me all year to kind of wrap my figure head out. around yeah. it and try to figure it out. Um, I'll prototype all year so that by the time Christmas comes around, I have a final product. And on top of all of that too, sometimes our customers come up with really, really cool ideas in January. And you may have noticed a lot of our products have a name on yeah. front of it, right? Like the Walton wallet or uh, the, uh, the Maxwell day pack, right? Well, a lot of the names are associated with people who either help design or ordered a custom order, uh, you know, custom product from us that we liked so much that we just decided to go ahead and template it out and manufacture it. So, uh, kind of cool, kind of cool, really cool to you know have our, have our customer apart. You know, they're our, our customers are our family, and like we want them to understand that. Like, we'll 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 take your design, we'll make money off your design, <laughs> and not a problem at all. You know, that's what family is for. So I got two more for you. What product do you enjoy making the most? Oh gosh. Um, so popular uh, or uh, contrary to popular belief, um, people are like, "Oh, you're the leather guy. You must like leather goods." That's actually not really my favorite thing to make. My favorite thing to make are wooden bowls. Okay. Um, I've got a lathe that I'm. I mean, I, I bought a lathe. Oh gosh, I think back in 2013, and uh, had no idea how to use it. Um, my uncle had mentioned to me uh, like about this this machine. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, I did not know at the time he was talking about a metal, metal lathe. Okay. That's what he used. So I just, I think I went down to Harbor Freight, bought a bench top lathe and it's, you know, it's a wood lathe. It's not a metal lathe. So uh, I've played on that thing. I've had things pop up and hit me in the face. Yeah, you and, had one recently. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I was spinning a bowl the other day and it, and the screw got left in it. Oh, that's so right. I, that's I right, got that. the screw out. And as soon as I got the screw out, the tenon broke. So at that point, it becomes firewood, unfortunately. But yeah, bowls are my favorite thing to make. That's cool. um, if I could make my entire business making and selling bowls, that's what I would do. But it's there's only one guy I know who does that. Uh, Alexander Designs. Uh, I think he's in Pennsylvania. 
rad guy to follow on Instagram. Uh, he's my hero when it comes to uh, bowls, and he probably doesn't even know this because, you know, who am I when you have, like, I don't even know how many followers he has, 70,000 followers. Um, but he's a he's a rad dude. Um, I, I, I love the fact that he's been able to do that. I know he makes other stuff now, too, but he really did kind of dive into his business making uh, wooden bowls. And, um, yeah, so I, you made them. You yeah, know how much fun I it is. Them. It's it's therapeutic. It's fun. They're a mess, but yeah, they're fun. Yeah, it's it's such a mess. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Um, is that I know that at the end of the day, like I'm gonna have to go home and take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm forced to take a shower at night. <laughs> we're we're about to wrap up, but the I uh, I bought an apron that has a Velcro like neck yeah. thing to stop stuff from going. That's been a lifesaver. Yeah, those are really great. Um, I, I guess a bandana, but. See that's Velcro's been. I've got I've got that face mask, and then I'll wear a bandana or a face mask on top of that. Um, but uh, the best thing that I've bought, actually, my parents bought it for me for Christmas, I think two years ago, was a jumpsuit. So I don't turn during the summer; it's too damn hot. Yeah. So I really only turn during the winter, and the shop's outside, so it gets a little cold. So the jumpsuit keeps me warm, and also keeps all of the debris off of my clothes. And I mean there's nothing worse than having socks that are filled with lathe shavings. It's the worst. So that's what I try to avoid. That tells me you don't have chest hair because (laughs) that's the worst. (laughs) What have you not made yet, but you're excited to make in the future? So we have quite a few different products that we're about to release for the holiday season, as well as some stuff that we're going to be releasing next year. Um, I am super excited about all of the apparel stuff that Ooh. we're coming up to do. Um, a while back, we started making uh, wax canvas goods. I bought a ton of canvas. I bought a ton of wax. We started making stuff, but we saw that all of those products were only being bought online and they were being shipped to the Pacific Northwest. And I was, it was kind of weird to me. I was like, Houston's really like pretty close behind when it comes to like, you know, all the styles and culture yeah. of the Pacific North California, right? It doesn't take long for it to get to Houston. But for some reason it did. Um, so I had all this canvas sitting up on the shelf. It's over here now um, in the shop. Um, but uh, instead of making goods with it, we're going to make apparel. It's going to be great, um, whether it's going to be lining for leather jackets or uh, vests or something like that, or just pure canvas you know, jackets or, or whatnot. We're, we're going to take a stab at it. I've always wanted to do it. I've done some custom stuff in the past for jackets or vests or whatnot. And those have kind of been the most fun leather products I've worked on. So um, we're going to take a stab at it. I've got a really good friend who also is a small business owner. His name is uh, Mike. He owns uh, Lane Stitch. Yeah. He's a chain stitcher. Yep. Genius. Yeah. Like the most creative guy I've worked with in a very, very, very long time. Um, the idea is like, I mean, he's going to have his stuff, but we're going to have him just go nuts on, on these products. Some really cool, exciting things here in the shop and just kind of push retail a little bit more. Uh, with that being said, he, he introduced me to hydro dipping leather, which we've been doing now. He's been cutting up products for it. So we've got some stuff cut, ready to be put together. All that stuff's going to drop pretty soon. Uh, here in the store. I'm not exactly sure if we're going to put it online yet or not. Um, like I said, I've really been trying to push the retail store uh, quite recently just because we have the space. I want to see kind of what it does. Um, but that'll be really, really fun to see how that turns out. So the last thing I've got for you, Clay, um, we ask our guests a three tools question. If you were to start over and you could start with three tools, what three tools would you bring to your new space? A lot of money. Yep. Okay. That's Does one. that count as a tool? That's one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's a lot easier to get things done when you have a lot of money. I mean, I I I invested in my company um, uh, a good amount of money, um, but a lot of the things we bought when we first started were cheaper tools because we try to buy a lot of tools. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is I I would have kind of would have kind of chilled out a little bit on the quantity of tools and I would have focused on like the tools that we actually needed. So for instance, um, like basically anything Fez tool. (laughs) 
I don't, I, I, I I didn't see much festool yeah, out there. I don't, I don't really yeah. have a lot of festool. Um, I, yeah, like I said, we we kind of started on just trying to get as quantity, um, which I I don't like looking back. I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Um, but yeah, um, I would have bought a sewing machine a lot sooner too. Um, so money, a sewing machine, and basically anything festool for the for the wood shop, uh, for sure. And then um, I probably would have invested a little bit more uh, time into uh, researching hand tools as well. Um, a lot of the hand tools we have, um, they're like a little bit on the cheaper side. Uh, I sharpen them and keep them sharp as much as I can. So they're, they're, they're still good tools. And some of the tools I use on a daily basis are um, like they were my grandfather's tools. Yeah. So, of course, like I'm not going to get rid of those, but technology has advanced so much from when my grandfather was doing leather. Um, so, you know, steels have gotten better. So probably, you know, getting, getting Barry King tools as opposed to getting like craft tool pro or something like that. I, I probably would have, would have bought instead. Clay, we really appreciate your time here at the making our way podcast. We encourage all of our listeners to support small businesses uh, find local small businesses, find small businesses online. Um, you know, it may be a little out of the way or it may be a little bit more money or a little bit more time, but you're supporting a person instead of a big conglomerate. So please support small business. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you if they wanted to support you? Yeah, so we're over in Oak Forest, uh, just north of the Heights in Houston, Texas. Um, you can find us there. Like I said, uh, you can Google it, just Twisted Arrow Goods, um, and it'll it'll pull up. Um, we did a lot of work on SEO. Yeah. <laughs> so you should be able to find us even if you just type in Leather Goods Houston or something like that. We should pop up pretty close to the top of the page. Um, also, twistedarrowgoods.com. Very easy. It's where you can find all of our products that we manufacture, as well as any FAQs you might have. Uh, especially during the holiday season, we get a lot of questions around uh, returns and stuff like that. Return policy is on our website. It's also written on a piece of paper in our store. Um, that sort of thing. And what about your Vero and your Instagram account? Yeah, so at Twisted Arrow Goods is going to be basically everything. That's our Facebook, our Instagram, our Vero account. Um, I think we have a TikTok account, but I don't run it. So I have no idea what it's called. Um, honestly, we don't post to it. So don't waste your time trying to find it. Um, Instagram is our social media platform of choice. So if you want to see things that we make and things that we do and stuff like that. Instagram's the way to do it. And on top of all of that, um, I like to call it midnight session with clay. Um, what I'll do on Instagram is I'll just turn my phone on Instagram live and yeah. I just work. Love it. And, uh, it's kind of gaining traction a little bit. Uh, if I always tell people, if you've got problems sleeping, just, just tune in. You will be out so quick within like five minutes of just watching me work. You'll be you'll be asleep. I mean, the machines just hum. It's just great noise. And it's also a great way for people to ask me questions um, about like what I'm doing or, you know, what, what leather do we use or anything like that. It's just it's kind of a fun way. And I'm up here by myself a lot at night. So it's a way for me to not be by myself. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, hey, I love it. Please check out Twisted Arrow for any holiday shopping you need to do. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, Clay. Thanks. All right. So we want to take a minute to thank the folks over at Patreon who are helping support uh, financially support the podcast. If you'd like to join them, go over to patreon.com slash making our way podcast. And uh, we've got Justin from Bear Make It at the top tier, as well as Marcel Este, Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Matthew from Artigino Sorio, uh, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, and Vincent Ferrari from Digitally Creative Podcast. And then the middle tier, we have Susan DePlantis from Hearth and Garden Art, and then Tony Langer from Langerworks. And then our first tier, we've got Brendan McDonough from McDonough Design, Dave Bauer, Dave Bauer Art, Eric at Overall Makerworks, Greg from Platte Valley Woodwork, Jacob from Other Dog Design, uh, Jacob Griffin from Griffin Makes, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Jen Griffin, the Black Sheep, Caitlin Landerno from Kate's Casino, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, uh, Maritime Knife Supply, uh, Makeshift Podcast, and then uh, Brian from Moonshine Metalworks, Morley Kurt, and The Grant Alexander. Thanks so much, folks. 
Guys, you just got to listen to my interview with Clayton from Twisted Arrow. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you both, thank you for letting me do that. Um, he's a really interesting guy, local to the neighborhood. And I, I think he really appreciated the one-on-one the -on -one attention. I think you both would have loved to see his setup and how far he's come. Yeah. Uh, I always was a little questionable of the spot. It's an old gas station on a main-ish road. It's not one of the main <laughs> roads in or out, but it's, you know, it's kind of that third leg, if you must say, you know. I got cut uh, through. Yeah. And, and I never knew how much traffic he got and things like that. And it's an old gas station, but he's got big windows because it's an old gas station. And uh, it's got great a great appeal when you get in the store. I mean, it's definitely a good looking store. But the interview we did recently, he was able to get a lease on the whole property. So mm. behind the gas station, there's several outbuildings that now he has access to. And we did the interview in his leather shop, which I sat by the nicest smelling garbage can I've ever sat by in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just full to the top of freshly cut leather. When I showed up, it was funny. I, we had the interview tentatively scheduled, but not like a hard time. So I show up and the store's open and no one's in it. Uh, I call the number on the door and the guy who answers the phone's like, oh, Clayton's busy. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm here to do an interview and I got all this podcast stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, come in the back. And so I go back there and they were batching out bags. And so uh, as you heard the interview, you know, part of the thing they do this time of year is they kind of just focus in on product in the store, product online. That they right. really, they they want to build a customer base that comes to their store, yeah. smells the leather, feels the quality, sees the goods, and then re are repeat customers. And that's kind of, you know, the mode they built up. And it just got me thinking, you know, how, how does that kind of mindset relate back to our own lives? You know, what are things that happen to our lives that maybe we say, hey, I've got to shut down these other things, these ancillary things so I can focus and get this done. And I thought of you immediately, Christy, I know in your line of work, there's definitely seasonal type stuff. Oh, so yeah. did that speak to you at all that just really putting all your eggs into one focus basket? Yeah, that that section in particularly jumped out at me. And yeah, you're right. It does apply to regular, you know, your day to day, day to day house life and work life. Because, yeah, tax season over the years has meant different things at different places that I've worked. But yeah, it's like you just kind of have to shut everything extra down. Yeah. And that's like even December. December is a very busy time for me, just preparing for year end. So, you know, those kind of things, it's like, okay, I've got to, I'm not going to get to do this other stuff while I have to just, I have to deal with the now, you know? And, and I appreciated that in what he was talking about. And then, of course, just looking over the last couple of years in my, you know, makery world, I've had to put off, you know, having a shop for a little over a year and a half. So that's life. But I appreciated him talking about it because that's a really smart move for his type of business. So, Austin, you know, I'm nowhere near on the scale you are. But what happens at this time of year is I have a growing list of gifts I need to produce. And then a growing sudden list of requests from people who waited to the last minute to find something to give people. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to really draw the line on where my relationship is with that person and how stressed am I willing to be to make something for them and also get my own stuff done. Do you kind of have a, hey, this day, no more custom stuff. This I'm just doing catalog. I don't even do custom stuff. Really, like everybody that writes me, do you have a custom ball? I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't. I just don't have time for it anymore. Like, it's just not. I, unless it was like custom, like, oh, I just want a different color piece of hardware. That, sure. That's fine. Oh, right. You know, yeah. but it, but if it's like, oh, I want this. You know, I want you to do these. You know, resin resin epoxy pins. Different. No, no, no. Or your I don't name have time on for that. it. Or your, yeah, yeah, no, that kind no. of stuff. I asked them yeah. two years ago for a pin that was purple and gold, and I'm still waiting. So. I can knock that out for you this week. <laughs> Wait, let me check your social ranking on my list of people and, and I'll see if I can get it done. Yeah, there's one guy uh, and I don't think he listens to the podcast, so I don't mind. All of a sudden I got invited to bourbon night and I know why, because he wants a cutting board. You know, he okay. wants me to make a cutting board for him. And what I'll do is I, I do where I'm like, okay, these are the projects I'm going to do. I have to make this for this person, this for this person. In between those, I'm going to make this and then I have a shelf I can have in my closet back here where I'm like, okay, I'm going to make one long glue up. I'm going to make seven cutting boards out of that glue up. 
and they're just going to go on the shelf. And when right. Kristen's like, Hey, we've got a white elephant. Okay. Go get a cutting board or, right. Hey, we're going, we got invited to this party or, Hey, do you have anything I can gift? I'm like, and because of the lasers, I can customize anything. So I can have seven cutting boards already made, throw initials on it or a wedding date, some feet, and it's out the door. Right. Um, so I stock up on, I have 75 slate coasters. So a lot of people are getting slate coasters for Christmas. And um, I'm going to, cutting boards are scheduled for this weekend to just batch out and, and have ready. Yeah, because yeah. actually like oh, when over the weekend, when I was doing the extra ornaments, I only needed two for sure to send out. And so I made six and maybe it's, it's the high the high caliber camp rubbing off on me after making the 20, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's always easy to do 20 than and it I'm is like, to do two. Yeah, I might as well do half a dozen and then I've got a couple to go and I'll keep one for myself. And then maybe even, you know, hang on to them till next year if I don't really need all six of them this year. But yeah, that's very different for me because I, I never would have thought of before batching anything out. The, one of the problems that I run into this time of year is, so I did the uh, the twist basket ornament for our mm -hmm. thing, and like all these people are like, "Can you make me one? Can you make me one?" I don't have time. Like, right. it, it's always something at this time of year that I'm like, I can make a bunch of money by selling these things, but I don't have time. Like, I never have enough time during this time of the year, so I just have to shut it all down. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah you you've got to get better at identifying in March what you need for December. Right. Or what your dad can make or what y'all can pay somebody to make and put your name on it. Yeah, that's I I don't know. I'm in like a weird transition where I'm like, what do I want to do? You know, like what, right. what where am I where do I need to go? Because I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep the pen thing going. That's pays the bills. But what do I need to do with any of the extra free time I have? Do I, you know, I used to do 100 percent on business, which is why I was so, so successful is because when you give it all all of your time, it's going to there's no other option besides succeeding. So and now I'm like willing to sacrifice part of the business to have like, quote unquote, free time. But do you make other products that you want? Like you, you do you do stuff that you want to try to stretch into and do some other avenues or something like that? You know, I know you had made a run at YouTube and I know it's really gnawing at you, uh, some of the social media programs that are going on right now. But yeah, if you're going to run a business, do you have time to also invest in reels and stories and and posts and things like that? Uh, you know, and it, you go to say, well, it's no big deal. I can just knock them out. I can do why not do it all. You know, I could knock that out, too. But I don't know, man. There's only so many hours in the day. There's yeah. only so many hours in the day. What's funny to me now and this is, uh, so for years I've paid Facebook and Instagram to advertise my stuff for me for years. Mm -hmm. And now Facebook and Instagram are paying me to show videos of me building pins to my customers. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how the times have changed that you're paying me to be involved on your platform where I used to have to pay you an extreme amount of cash to put it in front of people's eyes. It's just so weird to me that it's changed, but um, good. Cause fuck them. Cause <laughs> well, even like, you know, a couple of years, not that I had any grand, you know, ideas that I was going to be a YouTube sensation, but it did. It, it was a, it was um, not a struggle, but like knowing in the back of my mind, I was investing so much time in Instagram and I'm like, there's no money in Instagram. There's no money in Facebook. There's no money in anything else. Cause at the time, there wasn't, you know, and I was yeah. like, if I'm going to do anything, I need to push YouTube. Of course, it's the most time consuming to actually make content for, for me anyway. And now so it pays less just, yeah. than all yeah. the rest my, of them. My yeah. dad and I had yeah. this conversation about the podcast. You know, why are you doing the podcast? Right. And things like that. It, it's all about being lucky is about being prepared. And mm -hmm. you do things like this because what have we learned from this? How to ask better questions, how to listen. You know, how to not make a conversation about you, how to listen to what the guest is saying, um, how to line up guests, logistics, how to commit time to make sure it's, you know, it's uh, recorded and edited and approved. And then Austin has it uploaded. That's all time management. They're different skills. We have different communication mm -hmm. platforms. And I, I really believe when you do things like that, there'll be a situation where somebody's like, how do we get this file to where everyone can access it? And we go, oh, what about Google Drive? That's what we use to upload our podcast and all access 
that and, and listen to it. And they're like, well, how do we send feedback comments? And it's like, oh, well, you know, we have a discord where we have several channels and you can put, and these are all skills that we've developed over the last two yeah. years doing this podcast. And this is getting a little off of what the topic is, but you know, I really believe that the podcast is maybe better at listening for sure. And then asking questions also. Yeah. And and also just the network of friends and, and folks yeah. that we've had an opportunity to chat with too. I just wish just... they'd quit coming to my house uninvited, standing outside. <laughs> like, that's not what this is about, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcast. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. Austin is at a high caliber craftsman. Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. And I'm at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Thanks again, friends.